0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric, the makers of the K-Box and the new K-Pulley. Guys, flywheel training's really grown in popularity of late, and although it's something that's been around for a while, the simple reason that it's grown in popularity is because it works. We've been lucky to have a K box in our weight room for the past three years, and we've seen some really great things when it comes to improving the athlete's ability to change direction, and then looking at our return-to-play protocols with different lower body injuries with the student-athletes. The love-hate relationship that everyone has with the K-Box is now just going to grow more with the addition of the k pulley. The ability to do standing presses, pulls, rip-throughs, and knee drive exercises is just going to be another arsenal to our training and another addition to the love-hate relationship that our student-athletes have with the awesome tools that come from Eccentric. Go ahead and hop over to Eccentric.com today to check out what they have. Guys, I can't recommend it enough, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed not just with the products, but with the awesome customer service that Eccentric provides. Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is a combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, To get your 48 hour trial for only a dollar, we're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPs to check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely killer discussion with Andreas Ogren talking about training hockey players, building your methodology and your philosophy and developing exercises and methods that have carry over to actual competition. Uh, After a quick intro, Andreas dives right into it, and we're talking about where his ideas came from, how his history as a player impacted it, um, and then what he deems important for these athletes, and the success rate that he's had with them, and how he's evaluated that. We also get into discussing how you know the player's individual coach and how that relationship works with the team's strength and conditioning coach, how that's built, successes, issues he's had, all sorts of different aspects of that. Guys, this is really an awesome talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Andreas, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having
1: me. It's a complete honor i'm 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 thrilled to do this
0: well thank you man i'm I'm really stoked for this as a as a former <laughs> now washed up hockey player and <laughs> and knowing your resume i'm I'm really stoked to have this conversation so for the the person and a half maybe who doesn't know who you are let's give them the kind of spark notes version of of who you are where you're at, and how you got there
1: yeah so uh like the short version i'm gonna try to to make it uh short um i'm I'm, a, I'm swedish so i'm 43 years old coming from sweden born and raised and uh i used to play pro hockey back in sweden um but i had to stop playing when i was really too young i was only like 20 years old because of injuries and uh i really thought back then that, that uh, it was hockey that got me injured because i had the worst part was i had three disc so uh, i woke up one morning and uh A numb right leg, so I couldn't feel my right leg. So I was straight to the hospital and it was really bad for almost a year. Um, And I tried everything I had to come back and use all this kind of specialists in Sweden to to kind of try to help me to get back. But, you know, at the end of the day, I had to stop playing because I had too much pain. And somewhere, somehow in my brain, I'm like, how hard can it be to fix a player or to help a player keep doing what he loves to do? Does it have to be this way? Do I have to quit playing hockey because no one can fix me? Um, So it was kind of hard uh, because I know too, like for athletes, it is a problem, especially in hockey, that I saw myself as Andreas, the hockey player only. I was just a hockey player. So when that is taken away from you, It's kind of hard, like mentally. What do you do now? What am I going to do? I'm just a hockey player. So it was tough, uh, of course. But then one of my best friends at the time was a personal trainer. Um, And ironic enough, I thought I was, I knew everything about training, even though I couldn't walk. (laughs) Uh, So I started to train people from like zero education. This is like over 20 years ago. And back then personal training was not big at all in Sweden. It was you know, a couple of celebrities that could afford it and had it and nobody was. But so I started to train people and, and only from my kind of personality and my energy, uh, I had some results. And I was kind of interested to train people. And But still, I didn't figure out why I had to quit myself, why I had so much pain, until years later when I realized I was doing like you know, three different sports on elite level. I was a weightlifter, and I was a hockey player, and I was a long-distance runner at the same time. Wow. Yeah, so that my, my body broke down it was not, you know, surprising. It was like, looking back now, because <laughs> in Sweden, we, we are like really traditional when it comes to weightlifting, because we can incorporate weightlifting in pretty much any sport. So for me, as like a pretty driven guy, I wanted to train really, really hard, especially when you're a super talent and you're 16 years old and people think you're going to end up in NHL. I want to train really, really hard. And I did. And I was really strong, uh, but I couldn't move. And looking back now, I can remember how I never felt strong on the ice, but I was, you know, really strong at the gym. Which was like, okay, I did like 485 in squats and I did like, you know, 300 in pounds in bench press. And so I was kind of strong uh, for a hockey player. Not if you compare it to American football player maybe, but for a hockey player it was pretty strong. Uh, especially at 17, 18 years old. Uh, but I couldn't move. And I never felt strong on the ice. And I could never figure that out. I remember now looking back like, why did I ever... Yeah, I wanted to so much feel strong on the ice. And I asked so many people, like, why am I not strong on the ice? I'm so strong at the gym. And no one could ever answer that. Um, And during my rehab uh, period, uh, people did all that, you know, uh, you have to engage your core. You have to have a strong core. I'm like, dude, I'm so strong in my core. (laughs) Uh, So it never made sense to me. Like, you have to engage that core to do if you have back problems. I'm like, okay. Doesn't make sense to me. So I used to say, like, I'm, I'm okay but it's pretty smart when it comes to logic, but if it's not logical to me, I, I don't understand it. So if you tell me, like, you have to have a strong core to a hockey player, doesn't make sense. Have you ever watched the game? Like, yeah. they are so strong. <laughs> and, but logic to me is if you have hips that doesn't move, uh, that will make your core or back muscles or whatever you want to call it move a lot more than it maybe they should. Instead of using your hip muscles, which are really strong and big, uh, that will make your your back muscles fatigue fast, and that will create back problems eventually. I don't think, like now years years later, when I've been working with thousands of, of athletes, I see that maybe ninety nine point nine percent has other issues than a weak core. Uh, that we have to address first. And obviously for hockey players, it's kind of, you know, when this body was made, whoever made this body, uh, if there's a God who made it, uh, it didn't made it to play hockey or skate. Because if you look at walking and running and jumping, it's, you know, we got one internal rotation of the hips and skating is external rotation of the hips. Walking and running and jumping is we want more adduction of of the hips and and skating is abduction of the hips. So it's kind of opposite what the body wants to do, and that's why we wonder. Okay, so why do we have a lot of uh, kind of rigid hips and hips that doesn't move well in hockey, and we have so many hip impingements and cam and pincer and when uh, so many hips uh, that doesn't move well. So we create eventually going to be a surgery. Uh, even at young age, I even saw so a study that play, I think it was college and NHL players. Uh, over like ninety-three percent of them had some kind of labor problem, labor problems uh, at six between sixteen and nineteen years old. So that means like pretty much every hockey players players have some kind of issues with their labrum or you know hip uh, capsule or hip joint by just by skating. So it's kind of, I, I more believe in that cause that makes sense to me. Like looking back now, cause I was so stiff. I couldn't really move at all, especially not my hip, but I was strong, uh, but my back muscles did way, way, way too much cause my hip didn't move. So I didn't use my glutes at all. I didn't use my hammies at all. I used my back and it doesn't matter how strong my back is. It's gonna fatigue and it's going to break down eventually, right?
0: Oh, no doubt about it. So. let's keep running down that rabbit hole though so we're we're talking about the hip with skating we're talking about issues and we're talking about results so let's kind of tie those all together because you know obviously you know you work with a bunch of guys in the league over here and that's why we're lucky to be talking because you're right up the street right now and um and obviously when you're dealing with million dollar athletes Yep. Results and health are the only thing that matters. So let's talk about your system. Let's talk about mm-hmm. what you're doing with these with these guys, and let's talk mm-hmm. about what you're seeing with those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm like I'm a big believer in the movement. And if you look at NHL or hockey overall, right now it's or maybe sports overall, it's all about speed, right? Like if you compare NHL today, just five years ago, is so much faster today. So we want to have people, all those players or athletes that moves well and moves fast. I'm not necessarily talking about like top speed fast, but you have to be able to move so fast from A to B to C, right? You have to be able to accelerate and decelerate and change direction so fast with full control. And I used to say like great great athletes always come out of bad positions fast. So that's what we want to train, like how do you do that how do we train that Uh, and you need to go to the gym to train to get better on the eyes not to go to the gym to train to be better at the gym like you know and i want to see you know elastic movements i want to see stiffness like yeah reactive strength or what do you want to call it so you can stiffen up the joints to create power uh, but you also need elastic uh, muscles, so it can be elastic in some movements. So to, hockey is so kind of hard, chaos sports because it's it's so fast and happens. You know, it's it's impossible to know what's going to happen in the next second. And you got five people out there that want to kind of kill you, <laughs> uh, and you got four other guys in your line that you have to know where they are, and you got a black puck that you want to chase and try to score. So it's pretty hard. Uh, And it's, it's, you know, it's lactic acid, it's strength, it's power, it's everything. So I think we need to train that. Uh, I remember back in 2013, the the World Championship was played in Stockholm. And I was watching Sweden uh, play Canada in the quarterfinal. And there was one shift that Sweden were playing in their own zone, the D zone, for like two minutes. I remember it was Stamkos and Claude Durol was having fun. Uh, and the Swedes were so, so tired. Then uh, one of my clients for ten years, Gabe Landeskog, took the puck and he crossed the red line. They put it down, so there we're now no icing no call. and And I'm sitting there thinking, what if he could like not be that tired so he can kept going and maybe create a scoring chance instead? which was kind of a stupid thought of mine because he was really tired. But so that summer, I thought, what if we train? First, we create lactic acid for them in, in one movement. Let's say we do squats, like bodyweight squats, or you know, to create lactic acid in their legs. And from that, we maybe jump, from that, we maybe sprint, from that, we maybe run up a hill, whatever. But first, we create lactic acid. Uh, I tried to find research on that, didn't find anything. So I'm like, okay, let's do my own research on this because I, I think it makes sense. Hockey, you, you, if you step on the ice, you're going to have galactic acid pretty fast. So uh, the only way to train that is to train it, to like, learn to handle it better with training and, of course, nutrition. So we did that that summer. And I know Ricard Raquel went back to Anaheim and they did a test on ice. I, I know the Caps do the same test here. They go from goal line to goal line to goalie line to golden line, line to red line. And they rest for like one minute, I think, and they do that over again. And I think Ra- Raquel had an average of 33 seconds, which was, he was you know, the best in on, him, uh, on that. And the second guy had 37 seconds, which is a pretty huge difference for number one and number two, right? So he was so happy. Like, whatever we did this summer, it worked. <laughs> and Landis God went down to Colorado, and he had the best recovery, that I ever seen in Avalanche history, uh, which again, like said something to me, okay, we did something right. Um, so we have kind of built from that. So I, I believe so much in to variate movement, we had to be strong all over. So we don't do just regular squats, we do millions of different squats. Uh, we do millions of different movements Just to be strong everywhere to be able to move fluently with loaded movements. Uh, from any position, be strong in any position, and from that, be able to move, even with and without lactic acid. So it's kind of a, if that makes sense to you.
0: <laughs> no, 100%. So yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, you're pre-inducing the, the fatigue markers and then having them work through it in order to build that tolerance. Tolerance, exactly. if people don't understand what a 90-second shift is on the ice... <laughs> um, I basically would say it probably would feel like you literally were on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's a good.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like we kind of joke, but in reality, like <laughs> it's torturous. It is, it is torture. Yeah.
1: It's tough. I agree. So it's not like we're doing that every session we do. Like, say, if we do it during the summer, we may do that kind of a session once a week. And that will be. session maybe on Thursday or Friday so they have the weekend off to recover because it's that tough. But again you have to train that Uh, and the result we have from that is insane so we're doing something right.
0: No, no doubt especially when you've got guys who are greater than 10% above the next person on the team. Exactly. (laughs) And not slouches like pro hockey players aren't slouches. Nope. Nope. Correct. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So then, let's let's fast forward a little bit here too, because mm-hmm. now you're in the states and you yep. you are making your rounds to to see yep. your guys and, and check in yep. on them. Yep. Something that always really intrigues me is that personal coach and the team coach dynamic, mm-hmm. um, especially at that level, because you see sometimes how it works great, and you see sometimes how there's issues how does that go down how do you incorporate what you're doing with your guys um, and what they're responsible for to the team that has them contractually um is mm-hmm. paying them yep. and and how are how do you work with those coaches so they know what you've been doing with the men that they are responsible for during the year to ensure that they are okay for the whole season
1: yeah Um, as exactly, you're right on point because there are differences in, depending on what team we're talking about here, because I have so many players, um, and, but it's getting better and better every year because at the end of the day, we want the best for the athlete, for the players. We want them because I'm here just to help the athlete get better. And I love to work with team coaches and their med team and their strength guys and, and just to make everything better for our players, right? Because, you know, when you win the Stanley Cup, it's, it will be worth it. So, some teams, yes, in the beginning, sometimes it's a little bit of a struggle because uh, you kind of realize that I know uh, some things about training and, and I really want to do well for, for my players. Um, and they kind of sometimes get scared that I want to take their job. But when they, as soon as they realize I don't want to take their job, I'm here to help. They see me as an asset. Instead, they... They are fine, and I have a great relationship with all of them today, which is, which is for me amazing, and especially for the players, it's amazing, because you know we are here to help the players. And if we can work together for the players, uh, they're gonna get better, and if the players get better, the team's gonna get better. So it's uh we have to do that together because uh, I, what I do, I'm pretty good at what I do, and they are pretty good at what they do, and together we are better. Uh, so hopefully. We'll continue to grow that and, and more people will change into that direction is to see what we can do for our players and, and learn from each other instead of you know, being jealous. Uh, so, But some teams are really, really great with that. And, and most most coaches and strength coaches and, and the med teams, they see, like, you have the guys like three months uh, during the summer, like five days a week, and then they come over here. We can't change their training. Like, if they do one thing for three months, and they're prepared to play NHL hockey, and they come here and we do something totally different. That's just, you know, stupid. So they're just gonna continue to do, to work on stuff that we are doing. And that's why they like email me during the summer, ask me how it's going and what we're doing. And and then the players come over and then maybe I come over and I sit down and talk to them and we make a plan. And and thank God for me, like my guys have amazing results during testing and, and like last week during testing. They all did so well. So as long as they do that, they understand I'm doing a pretty good job. And that makes it easier for me, of course.
0: No doubt about it. Now, does does that cross-pollinate back to you as well? So say like, I don't know, let's just randomly say you've got a guy that's working out with you from the Washington Capitals and a guy that's working out with you from the Anaheim Ducks. Just randomly, let's pick two teams. Um, (laughs) Those guys are obviously going to be doing different things. Yeah. During the season because they have yes. different strength coaches. Yep. So when they come back to you, yeah. how much of what their their other coaches' ideas kind of pollinate into what you do, or or is it just vice versa?
1: Um, I mean, then again, it depends who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's just Nick Backstrom or Ricardo Raquel or Gabe Landeskog, all you shoots names. Uh, of course, it's easier. Uh, if it's a rookie like Jasper Bratt, I have a New Jersey Devils. He, uh, we did our first two summers to get, to, together, and he is 20 years old. But uh, you know, he 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 was like I talked to his agent a couple of days ago, and he he won like pretty much every test in in New Jersey. So they loved what we done during summer. So they want to ask me what have you done, and, and they look at my Instagram, and they got inspired, uh, like in, uh, get inspired by that. And so we tried, they tried to, to talk to me and talk to Jesper and what we were even doing, and they want to do kind of the same thing, to keep growing in the same path that he is doing right now. So I think the, the guys over here are, are amazing when it comes to that. That they want to, If the players like the way they train during the summer, we're going to keep doing that during the winter as well. <clears throat> and that's why I like to come here and, and get to know those guys too, Like so we can speak the same language for the player. So at the end of the day, they, they don't have to train so much during during the season, in-season. It's more like keeping them healthy. Like, let's, let's have your hip move well during the whole season. Because when I leave you in September and you come back to me again in May or if you're lucky in June, if you win, <laughs> um, I want you to be as close to September as possible when you come back to me in May so we can take another step. Next summer and then again the summer after that so we can you know keep developing every summer as you go along And that's why I want one to be here to 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 have a, a great communication with their strengths guys to uh, Together develop their the players during season as day in season as well.
0: I Love it. I love it. Especially because a lot of those guys do too- <clears throat> A, ha, have been exceptionally successful, but you've also got the younger guys um, moving forward. Yeah. So my question then to follow up with that is, i I've definitely stalked your Instagram for a <laughs> while, and you do do some very unique things. Thank some you. Some very unique things. Yeah. Where did these ideas come from? How did you formulate this? Yeah. This system if you may yeah and where are some things that you think like where are some holes in the ship of strength and conditioning that you think that this that these type of things plug i mean i think it's come from like
1: if you look at science like science is one it's it's really good as science exists of course and but some things are really hard to do studies on I like, some, like movements it's really really hard to come to break down a movement to say this movement is good for this person at this moment that's really hard to do a study on but if you look at science when it comes to like early uh specific, specialization of uh, of an athlete like if you're 11 years old you're just gonna play hockey 365 days a year otherwise you won't be a hockey pro and every science every study there is out there saying no you have to do multiple sports uh do so many different things where variation is the key you know every study says that but we have parents that are hyper i don't know they really want their son or daughter to succeed and be a pro and make a lot of money so they doesn't they don't care about that uh but i do so i think It's hard today. When I was growing up, we could play soccer, which soccer is huge in Sweden and hockey is huge in Sweden. So I could play soccer during the summer. And then when hockey started, I could play hockey. It's not possible anymore. Not in Sweden either, because everything is year round sport. And that's not good. Just look at any study and they will agree. So I'm thinking, okay, Well, because I got three kids on my own. I got a daughter, Molly, that's four. I got Liam and and Noel. Liam is 14 and and Noel uh, is 12. And both of those guys are huge talents in hockey. But they just want to play hockey. They don't want to be in another team because they think school and hockey is enough. So then I'm like, okay, then we need to do a lot of different stuff when it comes to off-ice training and strength and conditioning. And we do. We do so many things because people may think that I do like sports well, uh, or specific training only for like it's my my training during the summer is hockey specific. It's not. You're going to get better at hockey, but a lot, a lot of stuff that we do is so far away from hockey you can imagine. But at the end, you're going to get better at hockey because maybe we do things with your hips that's so opposite to skating, but it will make your hips feel better. So you're going to skate better at the end of the day. And that comes from a lot of different movements because we know today that our joints can move in over 2,000 different ways. So if my hip joint can move in over 2000 different ways, I better move that hip in a lot of a lot of different directions during training to make it healthy. And especially now when we know that hockey and skating is not healthy for our hips. So that makes training has to be really you know, if you don't play a lot of sports growing up, make sure your off- ice training is, have a lot of variation to it, and you do a lot of different stuff. Uh, and I think that's the key. So I, I incorporate kind of, why do we have to do one squat? Why well, why do we have to be strong in just one position when, you know, sport is a lot of positions, so we're doing many different squats. So let's say you do a, a, like right foot forward a little bit, and, and then you even take a bigger step and do, do squats, and then you take even a bigger step and do a squats. And why do we do just squat to, to like your kind of peak strength where you are just strong as hell, instead of doing maybe short squats and, and mid-range squats and really deep squats, because I think you need to be strong in all of them. Right. And why don't we have like really fast decelerated squats and maybe do really slow movements coming up and really fast moving movements coming down or the other way around, uh, and as always we're talking planes, that, you know, sagittal plane going forward and back or the frontal plane going to the sides and the transverse plane going to rotation. We've known that for years and years and years, that the body can move in three planes of motion. So I think we need to train that too. Uh, but most of need to train going forward because we have our eyes uh, on our head and our eyes want to take us forward and we want to go forward. And most sports want to take us to a goal that's it's in front of you obviously. So we need to be fast forward, but to get to that goal, you need to pass some opponents maybe, and you need to go sideways and you need to rotate. You need to go stop. You need to accelerate you have to reaccelerate you have to decelerate is so many things you need to be good at. So we need to train that too. And that's what we do. If that makes sense.
0: A hundred percent. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And I yeah. think though, that this is something that like people are probably listening to this yeah, and they're like, Okay, but well, what does he mean? So, where can people <clears throat> find out more about what Andreas does and how he's building these things and 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 what this programming actually looks like?
1: Um, yeah, as as you said to me, you've been following me for a while. So my Instagram is is I try to be, and I try to give as much as I can that. I during when I'm here and and traveling around and especially during the summer, I try to give as much. Uh, drills as possible so to, to inspire uh, people. It was so funny, actually, uh, if you let me, because I went to, to the pregame uh, the other night, uh, Washington, uh, Boston, and, and a girl uh, approached me on the bleachers, and she came up to me and said, hey, I just want to say that I follow you on Instagram. And I'm like, Okay, uh, you're amazing. It's so much inspiration. I actually lost seventy five pounds because we just seen your videos and doing them. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Uh, and I got so many, so many emails after the summer too. Like people just have been training and doing my videos with incredible results without even me being there, uh, without a coach. Just doing the video, so obviously we're doing something right. If you can watch our videos and still get great results, something is pretty good with what we do. So my Instagram is pt underscore andreas. Uh, so follow me there. I um, also got a uh, and another Instagram account which is ao performance Sweden S W E so ao performance S W E, and that's more of an education site. So hopefully I'm going to do more educations and courses over here too. Uh, in the future, um, so yeah, please follow me there. And, and yeah, if you want to text me and write me, do that. I try to respond to every everybody as soon as I can. So I just love to interact with people. That's how we develop and work together for a for a better world.
0: Yeah, man. And you're putting out some awesome stuff. And now I haven't lost 75 pounds, but I <laughs> I can tell you this that like there's a lot of things on there that make me think. There's a lot of yeah. things on there that that question what I would consider the normative things of what we would do. Yeah. Um, But there, there's like three pictures on there where I just stare at them. I'm like, man, that's the coolest thing ever. And that's when <laughs> you're standing with some other guy there with some big piece of silver um, <laughs> that now has his name on it. And that's, yeah. uh, I mean, to be honest, that like again, as, a, as an old hockey guy, like, yeah, that's the coolest thing to me. It's just like, dude, he's holding the cup. Yeah. Like it was it, incredible. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty rad.
1: <laughs> it is pretty rad. Yeah, it's uh, it's what a what an what an experience. It's uh, it's a it's a moment I will never forget. Because for me, I had to quit hockey. Uh, you know, I had to to give up my dream to be an NHL player, uh, and to still be here working in the league, not on the ice, but still, close enough. So kind of, you know, close enough, anyway. Um, I'm not on the ice but I'm close enough so it's still absolutely amazing and to see the happiness of the guys when they win it's if there's kids out there listening to this it's worth it just work your ass off from a really young age and and look for for role models and really good people uh, out there and and you need to work And, and it's not about just anyone can make you tired, but not anyone can make you better. So do good things. Do make sure you have fun. At the end of the day, you need to have fun. Uh, people will ask me, like, it looks like you have so much fun when you train these guys. I'm like, yeah, we're having fun. And what, if you're going to have results, if we're talking about results here, do you think you're going to have a better result if you like coming to, to me to train? Or if, you, if, I'm a, if I'm like a boring dude that's going to do boring stuff with you? Yeah. I know it's a lot of talk about the buy-in today about that conscious coaching it's such an amazing book uh i think so much comes down to communications with your athletes talk with them what do you need how do you feel today stress levels it's about communication and make them have fun and then of course you have to have quality movements from that um, but you know you need to have fun especially when you're kids because it's a huge problem out there today is that kids stop playing sports cuz it's not fun anymore and that's not good. We no need no. to have fun.
0: Hundred percent, Well, Andreas. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us today, man. This is this is fantastic, my man.
1: I appreciate it so much, man. It's been a, it's been a complete joy to do this, and hopefully we'll do it again sometime.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, man. Well, listen, we'll be in touch real soon. I can't thank you enough, and uh, yeah, this is gonna people are gonna love this. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And a huge thanks to Andreas Ogren for spending the time with us today, guys. What more can you ask? A coach sharing where his methods came from, how he's built this philosophy, what the exercises are, and how he came up with these different scenarios, and how his impact as a player impacted all this. Open, honest, candid sharing, including results that matter when it comes to what his players are looking for. I can't thank Andreas enough for being so open, honest, and candid with us today. This was sensational. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Your word of mouth is our lifeblood. And all we're trying to do is get the best information out there to all the fantastic coaches. So if you know someone that can benefit from this, shoot them a DM, tweet it at them, email them, whatever it may be. Again, we're just trying to get the best information out there possible. And are truly appreciative of you guys for sharing and passing along the content. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.